Hello and welcome to the Unleash Your Potential podcast with me, your host, David Wilkinson. My podcast is dedicated to helping people unleash their full potential and do so by navigating areas such as personal performance, mindset, health and stress and do it whilst living in a modern world. Hello and welcome to episode three. Today I'm going to talk about the four words we use in everyday life that are actually enhancing our anxiety, pressure, and stress levels. In episode two, I talked a lot about language and how powerful language can be. See, it's the way we communicate, it's how we communicate with others, and most importantly, it's how we communicate with ourselves. And our words are the access point to our internal perspective, which reveals both our conscious and unconscious beliefs and narrative. And it's a simple, as our words create our world. And it's either the world you want or the world you don't want. That's how powerful language is for us. And I'm going to really drum that home a lot in these podcast episodes. See, as a coach, I spend 90% of my work just listening to people. And I'm not only hearing what they're saying, but I'm also hearing what they're not saying. And the reason for that is I really want to understand another person's world without judgment, without criticism. And it's our words that reveal that. Because in our words, when we understand them, we can look at the tension and the resistance and the concern and sometimes the heaviness in our language. And these can be the very things that are stopping people taking action in their life. Okay, so why does this matter to you? Because once I share with you these four words, you will never hear yourself or other people in the same way. I know it's quite a bold statement to make, but it is true. Once you get this, you will never hear yourself the same or others in the same way. It'll open up your mind to hear things in a new way. And it'll reveal possible limitations in the language that you're using and how that's linked to your thinking and how that might be holding you back. You'll also be able to start identifying your strengths and the commitments you have towards your goals. You'll be able to identify how strong your commitment is, how strong your goals are, and how linked you are to them. And you'll also be able to reveal other people's commitments in their language. Is that commitment weak or is that commitment strong or is it a bit indifferent? And especially if this is especially true, if you're in a leadership position, you'll be able to inquire further to see what is behind the word somebody's using, to look out for potential tension, resistance, or a lack of certainty in them. So this is going to show how powerful just these four words can be to revealing all of that for you and for them. So let's begin. So number one is have, used in this way, I have to. The word have used in this way creates pressure. Okay, think about it. I have to stop eating chocolate so much. I have to exercise more. I have to do more. When we use the word have to framed in that sentence, it's creating pressure and it's creating pressure in on our, put upon ourselves. Although at times pressure can be useful for progress, it isn't a healthy approach to continue using 
on a regular, daily, hourly or weekly basis. So we have to be really aware of the use of I have to when it comes across I have to do something, I have to stop doing something, I have to do more of something, I have to do less of something. Really become aware of the use of that word and the pressure that exists because of the way we're seeing it. Number two, lives in a similar world as have to, it's I need to. I need to is even stronger than have to. So this lives in the same world, but I find people who use the word I need to have a lot more pressure in it. So I need to market my business more. I need to be more effective as a leader. I need to spend more time with my kids. The use of the word there and the pressure creates a degree of stress with that because there's almost a consequential action to not doing that. So when somebody is using like, I need to do X or I need to do Y, if I hear them using that, I will never allow them to walk away with like, you know, I need to work out more and that's going to be my action or I need to mark up a business more. Or I need to employ somebody. I will never let them walk away with that being their action framing because 95% of the time they usually won't follow through. This does not mean that the person is not capable or not motivated, but energetically that person is living from a place of pressure in their own mind and it's creating a resistance. This resistance is creating tension and that tension is what keeps the person in place. The only time I need to works is for usually like a one-off motivation like i need to pay my bills this month i need to find a job i need to get out of debt we can use that sometimes as a catalyst to give us enough pressure to kick us into gear but again like i have to prolonged use of that being in that space is exhausting and it always saps creativity passion and freedom from people see we don't need to do anything. But with that framework in place, we can rebel against it. And that is when procrastination comes into place. So, I have to and I need to live in the same world. They're both very pressurizing sentences. And underneath both of them, there's a degree of pressure and stress being placed upon you when you're using them type of words. Now, it's always about looking at the energy. What's the energetic underneath that that is creating that for me? There must be a thought of, if I don't, there's a consequence that I'm not okay with. Now, like I've said, certain things, having to and needing to, can be helpful. But you do not want to be coming from a consistent place of this, creating your life, creating your career, creating your business, creating the world you want to live in, and creating the high levels of performance doing that. Imagine somebody who wants to create a high level of performance, say in sport, if they were coming from that place, like I, I need to win or I, I need to score that goal or I need to perform at that level, the pressure will become exhausting and eventually it will create a high degree of tension, a high degree of resistance, which means the person will no longer be in flow. And if they're not in flow, they cannot operate in their most creative, freeing, and authentic place. So in your wording, be aware of where you're using the sentences, I need to do X, or I need to stop doing X, or I have to do Y, 
or I need to stop doing Y. It is revealing pressure and stress for you. Really important to understand. And usually, if you're using those words, whatever area it's in, you will probably be procrastinating in that part of life, or at the very least, moving forward a little bit and then moving back. Area number three, should. So when should's used in this context, I should or I should do. Should is a very interesting word and it's a very judgmental, heavy word that we use for ourselves. okay? Should lives in the world of judgment. Go, I should be more mindful. I should drink less. I should do the dishes more. I should spend more time with my kids. Like imagine the heaviness of the word should. It's always living in a world of judgment. And when it lives in the world of judgment, we then create a degree of weight degree of weight in that, like a heaviness to the weight. Usually when people use the word I should, you will not see a lightness to them. You will not see an excitement. You will not see a buzz of energy. Think about when you're using it. It's like, oh, I really should do that. I really should exercise more. I really should be more mindful. I really should spend more time with the family. There's almost like a weight that comes with that. That creates a heavy criticism over the top of a person. You always find that people are always shouldn't on themselves, right? They're always shouldn't on themselves or others. So even if the words like they should do, so like let's say it's about your partner, like they should be more attentive or they should do that more or maybe it's about your boss or maybe it's about the team, like they should be performing better, they should be more mindful, they should be a better leader. There's always a judgment in it. So you're either judging you or you're judging others. Now, it's very, very unhelpful to come from this place because when we use should, we have the energy of judgment, which is self-critical, and it's usually living in the world of unmatched expectations for ourselves or for others. So we have a, then a degree of frustration that comes with it, and that's not a great place to operate at your highest level of potential because you've got the judgment in there, so you've got heaviness, so you've got weight that is keeping you down. It's keeping you in place. It's keeping you heavy and not moving. Then you've got it sucking away a lightness. It's sucking away a flow. Then it's creating a frustration because you're not doing something or somebody else is not doing what you want. That then creates a degree of frustration. And usually the energy of frustration is unmatched expectations of ourselves or with others. So you can see if I'm in a world of should, that's not a great place to come from. And the final area, the final word is I must. So I must. I must get more clients. I must be a better parent. I must be more attentive to my partner. I must stop being so angry. The energy of must is usually worry, concern, fear, or anxiety. Acting from I must there's like the fear of I must is because the consequences of not doing it are quite great. Again, I must isn't always bad. Like there might be a place of like, I must pay that bill or I must sort out the car's MOT or I must, I must deal with that. Like there's a degree of kind of urgency that can push us there. But again, what we're looking at is how to operate high levels of performance. We cannot create high levels of performance with fear 
or concern as the energy underneath it. So I must play well today. I must sign that new client up. I must grow my business revenue. You can see how when we explain it in that language format, the energy of the fear and concern under that is going to create a degree of adrenaline and cortisol running through you because it's a mild concern, worry or fear that goes under that. Depending on the situation, there could be large amounts. You cannot perform at your highest level when that is constantly flowing through your body. So, we need to be aware of what's the energy under our language. Should, we've got the judgment. Must, we've got the fear and concern. Okay, so we've talked about I have to, I need to, I should, I must. The words used, obviously, have, need, should, must. They're the four worst words we can be using. So I want you to just go forward and play a little game with yourself. Listen for when you're using those words. Become mindful of yourself. Try and catch yourself using those words in sentences. That's how you'll use them. You'll format them in sentences. And I don't mean catch yourself to be judgmental of yourself or criticize yourself, but just listen out for them. And then you can explore, well, what's the energy behind that for me? What's the energy driving that language? We don't just use words because we use words. In 100% of cases with clients, if they have used one of those words in a way that they're going to describe what they want to do, what they're going to do, what they feel they want to do, if they use the word have, need, should, or must, investigating it always reveals an energy that is not powerful to taking action forward. So you can do the same for you. Explore what's underneath that. Is there any unnecessary pressure in the way you're describing a situation about what you need to do? Is there any form of judgment there that's creating a degree of heaviness for you or lethargy? Is there any kind of worry there and that worry is creating some sort of fear of consequence and that's what's driving you? This we can start looking out for and then we can realize where we can then start appropriately acting from. Because you can always act, but even a lot of people, they procrastinate a lot more on what they want to do. Like, think about that for yourself. Where in your life are you procrastinating? Where are you avoiding? Where are you hiding? Where are you not taking the steps that you want to do? You can't tell me that's your optimal performance because it isn't. So usually behind that is possibly one of these four words. And it's about moving you into a place of freedom and flow and creativity to be able to act from that place of energy. And there's a totally different way we can do it. And I also want you to think about looking out for other people's words of this. Again, not judgmental, but look out for the people you're working with or people who work for you. Are they using these words to describe situations or actions that they're going to take or aren't take? And by doing so, what you'll be able to understand is what is their level of commitment to that project or task? Do they clearly understand it for themselves? Do they understand your communication? Do they understand the task? Are the workloads or pressure levels too high? Are they able to handle the workload? Is there some sort of stress there or worry there that's not being managed? I promise you now this will become invaluable. Because like I do, this is about listening to what people are saying, the words they're using. 
And if you can access that, and what you can see is kind of, hmm, they're seeing that. And there seems to be a bit of a disconnect. They seem a bit heavy when they use that, or they seem a little bit of pressure there. It's worthwhile as a leader just slowing down and investigating curiously with the person, not pulling them on it, not being too difficult and harsh on them, but very lightly kind of coming to the situation, asking if everything's okay. Do they understand what you're trying to get across? Are they committed to the task? Are they uh, bought into the project? Like, are they physically and mentally, emotionally bought in? Are they kind of on point with it? Are they managing their workload well? The same questions I'm asking you to resort to and look at for your team and people, I'm asking you to look at for yourself as well. A client of mine who've got a, a digital marketing business and digital agency use this really well. I work with both the directors of the company, fantastic people, really positive, really great individuals. And they've got a fantastic little team that they work with. Use this in, in a beautiful setting in their office. And I taught this to the two clients both directors to kind of be aware of their own language and own words. And then they started kind of teaching it to their team. It's kind of a bit of a, a bit of a play in the offices that you were writing the words on the board, be aware of these four words. And then, then they'd play a game where they catch each other out on it. Again, not heavy, not judgmental, just nice and flowy, just kind of, oh, you used that word there, or did you realize you just used should there, or did you realize you just used need to? And just reassessing there. How am I approaching something? And what that was doing was giving them a way to kind of recalibrate their approach and come to it for more committed or less pressure or less stress or less worry to really get into an optimal place to follow through on the activity, to follow through on the task. And it's been working incredibly well for them. So yeah, find a little place to play a game with it for yourself and for others around you. Okay, so now I know what you're thinking. What can I say instead? If they're the words that I'm using, what can I say instead? See, I'm huge on commitment and the power of being committed to something. Like there is not a better, you know, term of human expression than being fully committed. Because when we're fully committed, it shifts the world. And there's a beautiful quote that I love with this is fully committed, totally unattached. Fully committed, totally unattached. We are fully committed to what we are creating, what we're doing, our place of purpose or whatever that looks like, our contribution to, to whatever we're doing, and we're emotionally unattached from the outcome. And I want to talk about this in future episodes, but I want to start framing in now commitment being the highest form of human expression. When you are fully committed, the world shifts. When you are around people who are fully committed, the world shifts. And the more people we can get committed into doing something, that is where magic happens. And if this is for you, you being fully committed to creating the life you want or taking the risks that you want or creating the vision that you want, that's beautiful. And it's also about committing the people around you to doing the very same. So that's when the world shifts, when we create commitment. So I'm gonna show you the words that help create commitment because the words that we've been using, they're not committed words. And when I want to get, when I work with my clients, I want them to be in a place of freedom and flow and creativity and commitment. To get them in this state is for the, is to create the best performance, the best performance possible. Yes, we do need a degree of pressure in what we do, 
Pressure exists anyway in the workplace, so we need that. We need a little bit of challenge. We need a little bit of uncomfortable. We need a little bit of struggle. I'm not saying we're taking those things away, but it's how we manage that and get into the place of freedom, flow, and commitment and high energy. So these are the words we use. You're going to substitute, I have to, I need to, I should, I must, for, I get to, I choose to, I love to. Let me say them again. I get to, I choose to, I love to. These expression of the words are lighter, they are more freeing, and when used, you will know that when you're speaking them or the person speaking them to you is engaged, aligned, and they will deliver. Now, I'm not, I know we're not stupid. Humans are not stupid. You're not, I'm not. The people who you're going to work with are not. We're not just kind of swapping out word for word, okay? This won't take the re-block of action. We're not trying to convince yourself like, oh, I'm taking the word from I have to to I choose to and kind of tra- trying to trick ourselves. But what we are doing, and I described it before, is the energy, the energy underneath the sentence, the energy underneath the word. We want a more positive, proactive, free-flowing energy that helps us move forward. The energy under have to and need to is pressure. The energy under should is judgment. The energy under must is fear or concern. We do not want to be operating from them. We're coming from I get to, there's freedom there. I choose to, it's like really freeing and positive and choice related. And I love to is even more commitment and passion underneath that. And that's what we really want to look at. Get the energy right and this can move you forward. So as a coach, I'm running into these words all the time and then I'm teaching my clients the same. So once I've kind of spoke to them about and gone through this process with them, I start showing that to them so they can pick it up for themselves. Then once we have these, we can start looking at their actions and refocusing them. So if there's a little bit of judgment or worry in those, we want to reframe it, reshape the goal, reshape our approach to the goal, realign our energy towards it and then start to describe how we're going to act from a place of I choose to take these actions, I get to do this and I love to do that. As I said in previous episodes, it's your language that is revealing to you everything. That's what it does. Your language is revealing to you your inner constraints, inner tensions, problems, the way your perspective is seeing something. So it's now starting to pick up on the subtlety of our words and the undercurrent that lives in them words. My suggestion is to now go forward and start having a little play with this. Start just catching yourself using the words and then start to reveal to yourself, asking, well, what's under that for me? Why, why am I describing the situation that way? Why am I describing my action in that way? See if the, what pressure exists, consequences, worry or stress. And then align that to, is it helpful? Is it unhelpful? And then start to think about the language you're choosing. Could you move that into more positive wording and reframing to align a higher degree of commitment towards your goals? And that higher degree of commitment is what will shift you into moving out of procrastination or avoidance and pressure and move you to commitment, freedom, flow and creativity. So thank you very much for listening to this episode. I hugely appreciate your time. 
As always, feel free to go and review the, the podcast. Feel free to share it with other people and also subscribe for future episodes. And something that I have been getting asked recently is, who do I work with? What do I do? So just so you understand my work is I work with one-to-one coaching clients. So that could be a business owner or an MD, a CEO or somebody in sport. And I'll support them to achieve the levels of performance that they want, helping them excavate, remove the things that are getting in the way of them performing at the highest level they want. Looking at things like personal performance, stress management, well-being, mindset to be able to do that. And I also work with teams. So I work in with leadership teams or teams to help them also achieve higher levels of performance. Again, around things like culture, environment, leadership, and mindset in those environments. So I work with one-to-one clients and teams and work as a performance coach in those environments. If you want to look a little bit more about what I do, head over to my website, which is IamDavidWilkinson.com. You can see more of my work there. Or feel free to follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram as David Wilkinson and David Wilkinson Coach. And you can find out more about what I do and what I also offer as a performance coach. Thank you very much for listening. We'll speak soon.